This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. What do you do when you have a giant story to tell and you're scared to speak it as your own? Valeria Tellis interviews Isabel Chiara, the author of Eat Your Words. Coach and author Isabel Chiara has supported hundreds of clients to actualize their life's greatest potential, to reconsider obstacles as opportunities, and how to meet challenging moments with heart. As much as she has had dedicated decades to personal growth and development and held master-level certifications from dozen of spiritual schools, she'd kept her lifelong struggle with food well hidden from her work. Having honed her intuition for decades, nearing her 60th birthday, she recognized the greatest gem of wisdom on her journey might not glimmer from a distant mystical star, but would be discovered by stepping more fully into the art of self-nourishment. She knew she had to break her own silence about her struggles in order to connect to her physical body to deeply explore embodiment. As it is her gift to help others to transform how they see their struggles, she realized she had to support herself similarly in this capacity. The more she spoke to her community about the quandaries of food choice and body relationship, the more universal her personal story became. From this place, she created Gianna Giovanni, loosely based on aspects of her own story, but presented in a relatable way so that, true to Isabel's nature, her own healing journey could be offered to others. Isabel Chiara is the creator of the Life Actualization Process and has served as a guide, mentor, and leader for over 30 years. An eternal student and practitioner, both of transformational energy modalities, Isabel supports her clients by helping them to ignite their full passion and align with their most authentic life path, masterfully supporting the liberation of constricting beliefs, definitions, and self-limitations. As a result, her clients are able to access a deeper wisdom and joy within their lives and experience a world of prosperity, miracles, and magic. Isabel spends her time exploring her backyards in Connecticut and New York City, in addition to connecting to her deep roots in Italy. She can often be found traveling the globe, whether leading a retreat or on a personal pilgrimage. When at home, Isabel is busy with her career as the owner of multiple businesses. Meet Isabel at eatyourwords.isabel-chiara.com. Here's the interview with Isabel Chiara. In your own words, who is Isabel Chiara? 
Wow, right off the bat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, she's a woman that will stop at nothing to help heal others, heal herself, look for what's underneath everything. And she is a person that uh, loves life, feels passionate about life, and wants to help really make a difference in the world. This is a question that I often ask. Do you feel that there is a destination for healing or it's an ongoing process? Um, destination. Hmm. I was living my life like there was a destination. I was trying really hard to get there. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I figured the more I did, the, more I, the, the faster I'd get there. But I, having said that, I <laughs> now realize that it isn't a destination and the real juiciness and the is part of the process mm. right and being present for the process because we can all be i mean a lot of times when people think of healing they think of somebody else doing it for them right and instead which i kind of was hoping for myself and yeah yeah now, now realize that in fact it's a very active process. You know, you're part of it. Yeah. And in the middle of it is where you find the gold. I wonder what drives us to participate and to be present in our own healing process, to take charge per se, to be responsible for it. Is that something that we choose to do, Isabel, or this is something that just life itself kind of inspires us to take that path? Uh, interesting. Um, so I could speak for me yeah. in saying that it was, I think, a lot of times put in front of people, you know, and yeah. Yeah. we can, you know, be in, we can be in denial a lot of times. But then I think that the whatever's happening gets a little larger, a little more present to the point where so it's, I guess it depends on how much pain you have mm, right. versus pleasure. So if it's if your life really becomes painful and you keep living that painful life, but, you know, at what point are you are you we gonna say, hey, maybe I'm part of this whole creation. Right. But you know, for it depends on the person, I think, you know, as we move along in our life, you know, how much can we tolerate? That's true. And I have been kind of thinking about the word or oh, using the word sensitive how sensitive we are to all this, that might speed up the process of healing or going deeper to find truth, if there are some. Yeah, it's by being sensitive, it seems to me. And suffering, that's a big one. We do see lots of people who have suffered quite a bit and they are still on that path. They don't change. So that's kind of interesting to see. Do you think, Valeria, that people who suffer think that that's part of their life and they're accepting it under no unconditional terms because like sometimes things can happen the same thing can happen to different people and people perceive it differently it's not as like that doesn't phase them so I just think it depends on where a person where a person's at in their life yeah so we are talking about belief systems right Isabel in that yeah. in this case about belief systems and how you know I mean for some people you know, perhaps suffering, they could hold it as a motivator. Yeah. You know, the more they suffer, the more it makes them reach higher goals for themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, I just, 
I think that it depends on what how a person holds these different sensitivities of what you're calling them, this, how sensitive they are to these these things, or maybe they choose in the suffering in suffering to be you know totally numb to it, and they still can move forward in their life. True, and I know we are using the words choosing, and this is something that I'm dancing with these days about I don't know how much I believe in choice anymore. It seems like we come to realize some things within ourselves and life itself. I mean, we are life. And then it, it seems that coming from that space, we can see more options because we're more open, but there's no such a thing as, um, as choosing, really. I don't know. Yeah, I've been actually talking to a lot of my guests about that. How do you feel about choice or choosing, actually? I think... What I what I believe changes is how we respond. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that might have affected us because of how we perceive. Like you know, somebody says something to you and you take it totally personal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's we could choose to look at it, right, and say, "Where's that meaning? Where's the meaning coming from?" I think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about choice. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the meaning coming from right. that would would have me react in a certain way. Right. So as far as choice in that way, if we look at it and say, okay, well, they didn't mean it. This is how this person talks. You know, it's not about us. It's not about me or it's not about you. It just could be the way that person presents themselves all the time or that that person has shown up in my life to allow me to look at that part of me. Mm-hmm. Then I think yeah. we have choice in how we look at things and how we respond or take it personally or so I think that's choice. Um, is that that's what you're talking about, right? That kind. Of- I have so many questions for you here. The opening questions, but before that, I'm curious about is this: a process that you have created uh, called the life actualization process. Talk to me for a moment about this. How it works, Isabel? Yes. Um, so uh, it's a transformational process for people, and it is exactly what we just kind of touched on. Right. It's really taking these patterns in your in people's lives that they they don't are uncomfortable with, they don't like, they want to move it or transform it in some way. And I always believe that a lot of patterns that we have or a lot of the thing the events that have happened in our life are ways in which to like it happened for us to get to another point in life, right? So uh, my process is about um, going underneath the whole process, going underneath the pattern and really looking at it from an inside perspective and seeing where, feeling it in your body, of course, and then seeing it on every single level and knowing where it came, where it came from and working out the transformational part of it within your your psyche on some level, right? Your psyche kind of helps you move through that event. And then by seeing the event as it happened and seeing all of the parts that are um, holding it in place in your life, we're able to see like and shift it. Well, I track the actual person, um, the client, I track them. And helping them move forward in ways that they're able to, because some people hold on to their patterns, right? They hold more uncomfortable, but if they can see themselves in it, in other aspects of their life, then they're able to move past it. And it's 
a really very powerful session because um, I bring in a lot of uh, beliefs and different modalities into it, including energetic work, um, and people have great results. That approach makes a lot of sense to me, resonates, because that's how we get to uncover what's there. It's not even a discovering thing, it's uncovering what is really uh, getting in a way for that, not the purpose really, but the wish that we have, which seems like we all have in common, to be happy, to be at peace. Those patterns, yeah, especially coming from limiting beliefs, they get in a way incredibly. I mean, they just do that. That's their job, really. And Valeria, yeah. uh, on top of what you're saying right now, like people don't realize, you know, what that they have limiting beliefs around things. You know, they they think that, or we all think, it's not just they, well, they, we all think that, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm positive. I'm, you know, it doesn't matter how, you know, it just matters what you're saying to yourself and what you're also seeing in your, in your, like, kind of like we could see from within ourselves what the world outside looks like on some level. Now we're actually, when we create things, when things are happening around us that we don't like, we're, or not happy with, we're actually seeing it happen in a certain way. In our mind, it's either in our mind or, in, you know, different. We just keep seeing the same thing. And sometimes we just have a knowing that things are going to happen in a certain way. Hard to change that from happening outside of us. You know, like the world's a mirror. It's, it's hard for that to change outside of us also. Mm, if you don't change inside. We're not changing what we're seeing inside. And, and we really got to go underneath that to see what we're really seeing. It's a great for people, yeah. Are we accessing the subconscious by doing this work? Yeah, we're accessing our unconscious. Unconscious, sub- right. Unconscious, subconscious. <laughs> oh, wow, it's getting it's more probably, complicated. Probably, <laughs> yeah. That's probably getting underneath all the layers, wherever it is. <laughs> right, right, the layers, yeah, of, of healing, really. And you can play with what you're trying to create afterwards, but, but it's kind of like you got to, we have to dig it up a little bit. But I think it's, once you're in that, you know, once you're in that discovery process, um, it's easy to track and figure out what what it is, what what the beliefs are. I like to I like to get down to it really quickly and see what's what's holding people there. Let's talk about your book, Eat Your Words. What was the main inspiration and intention, Isabel, of writing your book? So I think that people who write books always think they have a book inside of them. I had a book inside of me. And, you know, it was never anything that, you know, it wasn't like when I was growing up, I was like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. But, you know, when I reached my like 40s or 50s, I started writing down titles of books in my notes. <laughs> and saying, okay, I can name a book this, I can name a book this. But never thinking that I, what I would write about is what I wrote about. But one day like 15 years ago, I heard this title and it was called Eat Your Words. I actually heard it in my brain or in my head or, you know, I was channeled to me. I don't know how. And I wrote it down and I kind of, you know, when you finally hear something that resonates with you, you hold on to that, right? And I, I didn't even know how to go about writing a book. But, you know, I took a couple of little workshops here and there and then 
you know, recently, three years ago, I got really serious about it. I knew I had to write this book uh, because it's also part of my healing journey and my relationship with food. Uh, but it was also difficult for me to write that because I, you know, grew up in an environment where you never told people how you felt. You never discussed your feelings. And I, there was a lot of shame around food and eating. It's not one of those things that people like to, hey, yes, I have a, eating, a problem with eating. I have a terrible relationship with food. People don't like to discuss that. <laughs> It seems like it. Yeah, it's true. You know, so, but I think it's a very, it's a really big problem or really big discussion right now in the world, especially, you know, stressful, you know, reasons why people eat, they're stressed, you know, just they, they, they're sensitive. They feel the world, the affairs around them, you know, what's going on in the world. Um, And it's creating a lot of you know, people find solace in their food. Mm. You know, comfort. Yeah, or um, it's you know all those things that we, you know, need to make us feel okay. And food has been, you know, or it's like a, the drug of choice, and right. it depends on how you. So true. Uh, yes. Did you find out the main cause for that relationship with food? Is that something that's it comes from childhood or this is something that is just from everyday life? Because I see I do it when I'm feeling stressed and then I eat more carbs, especially for some reason. That's kind of interesting to, to see that, witness that. Yeah, well, of course, there's all these when the more stressed we are, the more we uh, choose different. What is it crunchy? Is it salty? Is it creamy? You know, and I think that we go through the whole litany of all of them at some point. So true. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, this one is carbs. Next one, anything salty. You know, it's yeah. not like, you know. And uh, the other thing mm-hmm. is, is we start to develop, mm-hmm. you know, self-images of ourselves that aren't so great. And then we try to control ourselves and forbid ourselves to eat foods. And and we go through this whole, like, parenting of ourselves um, okay, you can't eat this, you can't eat this. And then by that time, of course, we become rebellious of our own selves. Right. And it becomes difficult to even get a handle on um, what it is, how to how to, to work with that part of ourselves that keeps um, choosing to, okay, that's it, I'm, gonna, I'm not listening, I'm not listening, I'm not listening. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what I try to do is line up, you know, talk about different experiences in life, which are relatable you know, with your parents and what they said and what happened. And um, so to just discuss, and it's written in the third person, you know, the character's name is Gianna Giovanni. Yeah, yeah. And um, so she's a very, she's funny, you know? Mm-hmm. So she, every time she mm-hmm. eats something, she describes it in a certain way, which yeah. is totally relatable because I'm making, I'm kind of, I'm not making fun of it, but I'm making it like, okay, I'm just going to choose, you know, mm-hmm. I'll choose food, you know, I'll choose this. <laughs> Uh, right. So it's kind of a, you know, really a hysterical book. Um, but it's true. You know, it's sad on many levels because you don't realize as one's growing up, you don't realize all of these things have um, developed into reasons and factors of, you know, where you're at right now with your relationship with where one is at with their relationship with food. Um, 
when you say that, I think about being playful. That's what it comes to me. But reading the chapter you sent me, that came across. That's very light and playful, but and although sad. It was a sad part of history, though, right? Really sad, but it was the way it was described was very light and playful because I think that there's a playfulness and a lightness to every situation when it becomes your problem or your, you know, curse. (laughs) I feel like dramatic here. When it becomes your focus, I'll say focus because that's really what it's become, a focus in life. True. you know, I'm going to eat, I'm not going to eat. And every time you go to grab something to eat, it becomes a whole, you know, number of questions or statements or, or conversations in your head. So once that starts to happen, it's a big unraveling. What would you say today, Isabel, it's um, do we have a perfect relationship with food? Uh, can we get there? Or this is always something that's, um, you know, it's just moving, being out of balance and then coming back to balance. It happens to me a lot. I go back and forth. I mean, not in an extreme way. Right. So first of all, I believe everything can be in balance. So we we just want to be in balance, right? We want to be, we don't want to be one way or the other. We want to be in balance. And we want to, we want to be in relationship with something, which so that we feel okay around it. So we're not having the words. That's why I call it eat your words. Because we're eating because we hear these words that we're telling ourselves all the time. So that describes the quantity of what we're going to eat, the quality of what we're going to eat, the texture of what we're going to eat. So I did my best in this book to break down a lot of the words that we say to ourselves. Um, and, And my hope is for people to just be conscious of what they're saying to themselves, right? Because don't forget, that's all coming from your unconscious that you mentioned before. So if we become conscious of it and they see, you know, another person thinking the same thing as they are, it's relatable. They don't have to feel discouraged or they could feel, um, okay, yeah, there's a possibility. There's a possibility here. While we're doing this, I'm on my second book, which um, describes a lot of modalities um, that I've investigated, researched, to begin to work on the relationship that people have with food, including myself. You know, I use the book as a healing. Also for myself, I don't say for everybody else, I say for everyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like myself. that inclusion. Yeah, In, right. we're all humans, right? Yeah. Person, it's all worth it, right? I would love to hear from you the connection, or if you separate them somehow, is... Self-compassion, self-love, and self-care somewhat the same? Do you use those words in the same way or, or somehow differently? There's a, I think there's a little difference between self-compassion and self-love. I think compassion is more turning to yourself and being sens- kind of sensitive to yourself, being very acknowledging of yourself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging of the behavior. Yeah, you're, you, I am doing this and you're OK. And I'm, you're still OK. Mm-hmm. Right. Make, yeah. That's OK no matter where we're at. Yeah. I think it's huge, huge, huge. And self-love is also that. And I feel like self-love is and it's so funny you're even asking me this question because I think it's one of the most important things is to to really get down to 
what the feeling is in the body. Mm, yeah. Once we're at that self-love place, the world around us looks loving too. Mm, you know, so the, true. The, the outside of ourselves is more loving. Yeah, true. Like one is directed toward behavior. One's directed toward, it's more, feels more universal and it feels more connected to everything around us. Yeah, I love those descriptions. And now I'm using a lot more the word unconditional, unconditional love, unconditional self-love, which seems to be a much challenging place to get to if there is such a thing as a destination for that, which just by using the word unconditional, that means there's no destination. Everything is just perfect as it is. We don't have to change anything, not even to feel whole, to be whole, because that's what we are. I really believe that we are whole, but we have this feeling of something else, <laughs> that we are broken, that we are not healed, that we need so much work, which at that level, if we are experiencing this reality from those lands, then we do, yeah, that becomes real too, all the work that we have to do, healing. I love healing and I, I do the work myself and we talk a lot about here, but yeah. ultimately it's, uh, everything's whole. There's nothing that's not whole. Well, we're, I, I also agree with you. I think that we're every possibility of, of how to be and how we are is all within us, right? Yeah. yeah. And we're just activating, right, those parts of ourselves as we go along. And sometimes we're just more focused yeah. on one part than another so that we can't see. There's like a shadow. Let's look at my shadow. So there's a shadow over the other possibilities. Right. Because all of our attention is focused on one part of us. Yeah. Yes. That's what you're talking about. To be whole is Mm. that possibilities are are right in front of us. We just have to tap into it. Yes, right. Whatever direction, because we are whole and free, then it's just easier to flow with life and get where we want to go to feel, actually. Because it seems like everything's a feeling these days. (laughs) Uh, It's coming to me a lot more in this way, the message of feeling. Everything is a feeling. I'm wondering what's not a feeling. That's so funny you're even saying that because I used to think of it the other way also. I used to think is like I would see it first and then I would feel it. Mm. But now I don't know. I think I'm feeling it before I even see it. Like your body is so intellectual. I mean, so intelligent that it it knows. So I, I, I think many times not that I think I've experienced many times where you know, have you, you've heard of people that have, you know, before something's going to happen, they already are getting headaches, their whole body's reacting to things. Right. And I think that we are, we have become as a human race that sensitive lately that we, that we have feelings that we know things are going to happen before they even happen. Yeah. You see, that's how deep we can go with the sensitivity. <laughs> Yeah, we can feel even before it happens because in the way we are connected to everything, we are kind of infinite energy. So everything, it's connected and everything's whole. So how could we not feel what's going to happen? It's almost like the other way around. It would be unnatural not to. Yeah, I'm totally agree. What is spirituality to you, Isabel? Is that connected to what you do, the work you provide? So I just think that everything we do is spiritual. Yeah, I <laughs> agree I, a billion times. Yeah, I anything, you know, even if you're making food, I feel like it's a experience. 
I think spirituality is really connecting to the spirit inside of you, the spirit of whatever your your spirit's connecting to, even the spirit of like the food that you're making. Um, you're connecting to other people's spirit, you know, so everything could be just a spiritual experience and it's how deep you you can take that, you know, and how you, or how you even hold it and how you even look at it. But I think you're talking about on a more use universal, is it spiritual to do the work on ourselves? I think anything we do for ourselves is spiritual, is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual undertaking is, is because the intention is about love and connectedness, right? Ultimately, we want to feel love and connected to people or ourselves or ourselves also. It is at the core of spirituality, right? This maybe not even connecting because we can't really disconnect from it. We are it. It's the uncovering of that, almost the realization of that. Do you hold any spiritual beliefs or practices or you just have this very holistic and yeah, I love the way you talk about spirituality. Mm, thank you. Well, I do. I mean, I, I now make time for my, you know, make time for myself. You know, a yeah. lot of people do spiritual morning practices, yeah. which are for themselves where they could be with themselves and really feel themselves. I think that's really, really important. I really never made time for that. And I think that's an injustice to ourselves, but mm, I agree. Even breathing, right, Isabel, we we tend to forget to breathe. That's so so fundamental, breathing. And we are often disconnected from our breathing when it comes to the body, at the body, at physical level. Um, so I love the way you talk about feelings, yeah, feeling the body. The yeah, I agree. When I I remember asking somebody, what is the purpose of the human experience and and he, she said, some people say, to live, to, to feel with all the senses. That just resonated true to me. What do you love most about being in a human body? Well, I'm glad you're asking me that now. Because <laughs> I want to tell you <laughs> yeah. about, about a year ago. Yeah. I'll tell you, today was so interesting. I started crying for no reason. Yeah. And I was almost was getting upset with myself because I was crying and I didn't know why. And and then I realized that what I was watching, I was I was with someone and they said to me because we were talking about something, uh, we were talking about moms, yeah. and that made me cry. And, and I'm about to cry right now again. Yeah. I think you're making me emotional. <laughs> My, it was um, just the word moms, but I guess the word moms maybe, you know, got me to thinking about my mother. Yeah. And um, I was like, I'm so sad. And he, and he said to me, he goes, why? Your heart is so open. Mm. You're saying it's sadness, but to me, I just saw your heart open up. Right. So right. That, that, in a nutshell, mm. is one of the most important parts about being in a human body that we can experience that open heart right and we can experience sadness i used to judge sadness and now i welcome sadness for myself right. uh, 
I love that, Isabel. What a beautiful message. Yeah. I'm glad I had that experience. I knew I was going to, I knew that whatever that happened this morning, I was going to share it with someone. I just didn't really. <laughs> Ah, I love that. Yeah, this is when you say open up, open in the heart, right? That means being not being afraid to feel, letting all feelings in, inviting them. Even you, when I described that story, you just felt it. Yes, the whole body. I had goosebumps and you understood what I was saying yes. when I was telling you that story because you could feel my. Um, my heart. Yes, yes, the resonance is an energetic resonance. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the with knowledge, uh, intellectual understanding. Is the is in the body. It really it feels to me like the body is the anchor of of the experience the, the of the experience of life. Is the, that's the anchor, and also the anchor of separation too. Like we can play with being separate and being individuals, but we come from wholeness. We are, we are perfect. There's nothing, nothing that we can do to, to be better than we are. Right. I agree with you. We do come from wholeness. Yes. You're already whole. I yes. agree totally. There's that's nothing a, to be added. Yeah. Long lesson, but if, if, any, if people can get that now, that they are whole, that's more power to everybody. Let me ask you some of my last questions. But before that, Isabel, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Oh, I you know I'm going to bring my book upstairs with me. I think you're going to go to that. Um, but I do have something to say. And that is that anything that happens in our life is happening for us, mm-hmm. right? It's It may look bad. It may be a way to, that things are changing direction in our life, but it's happening for us and we can make it mean so much more to us in our future, right? It can really be something that has made our life more more deep, more rich in the future for us. Yeah, we can transform. Absolutely. That's what life is all about, isn't it? Creation, transformation, uh, renewal. I mean, that's life. So, and we are life, so why not? <laughs> why not explore that realm of transformation over and over and over and over again? Also, also have the choice, the choosing to how we relate to whatever's happening to us too. We can look at it as, you know, good, bad, and different, not judge, or we can choose, okay, this happened. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to do this about it. And, you know, life, become, we don't get stuck in that spot. And when I think about choosing, I think about if that can somehow become more intuitive, where we are just not even thinking too much. And that must be like the healing work that might come from that place, right, Isabel? When we have done enough of the healing work, now we just flow and we can almost like, yes, gracefully make these choices without even being aware of them, making the right ones. Seems like it might be possible, but I don't know. For me, it still takes work. <laughs> I still have to to think about, okay, this situation, how do I respond? And then there's a pause and there's this um, thinking happening. So my last question is to you. What is another word for healing? Is it one word? <laughs> <laughs> you could use more than one. <laughs> yeah, more than one. <laughs> uh, healing. Um, uncovering. Discovery. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of this moment? 
Hmm, that's a good one. I think that the what I had said that things are happening for us. That whole concept that um, okay, what well, what am I going to do with this? That concept of things are this is happening for me in some way. I can't see it. I always tell myself mm. I don't know the rest of the story. Mm, yeah. Right. So like this story could be the best story ever. I just don't see the whole story yet. I don't, I'm not at the end of the story. Right. Right. So. Mm, Yeah. It's still being written. We are still. And um, the other thing is, let me just add one more thing was that I used to think people were intentional about their actions. And then I figured out people don't even know. People say things and they don't even realize what they're saying. So true. People saying things. So true. And so it's not anything, nothing's personal. Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> a big one, too. When we realize that, yeah, that no one's really doing anything on purpose. They're just um, doing what they do, coming from the place that they are at, right? Giving what they have. You cannot give what we don't have. Right. There's something else that comes to mind, Isabel hardest lessons when you think about them? Well, I think that, you know, we took so long to work our way through these hard lessons that we don't have to go back and think, relive every single one of those lessons and hold on to them, right? We could just move past it as if we already did that. We already learned that lesson. We already... We already held that to heart and, you know, and it created pain and or it didn't create pain for us. So we can just move on and look at, apply that to other situations. Yeah. 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 And it is possible to do, isn't it? Yeah. If we are open, it goes back to that word. If we are open enough. Mm-hmm. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure? Um, that... I can trust myself. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that I'm always gonna. I can. I can always figure out a way, right? There's always some kind of solution, right? Even if you can't see it, right? And it depends on how you. Everything has more than one possible. You can you can look at things in any way, and you can find the good way to look mm-hmm. at. You can find the the way that resonates with you. That makes me think about life, like this moment, talking to you now, this being the fulfillment of life, just being the human body, just realizing this is already, I mean, this is already a miracle in itself to be alive and to be able to feel, have different feelings. You know, we do label them good and bad and they do feel uh, heavier, some of them, some of those feelings, obviously, but we are feeling them, and that's aliveness. That's the embodiment of life. And if we can remember that, Isabel, that would be incredible. Right. This is a miracle, however it comes. <laughs> I mean, it's already a miracle. It's already, it, this is fulfillment in itself, already, the way yeah. it is. I do have one more question for you, a technical one. But before that, I want to thank you again for your presence, for your beautiful presence. I love how authentic you are. This being genuine, uh, that's to me, that's like a song. <laughs> I love your wisdom. I love everything that you do, the work you do, how you do it. It's just beautiful. Thank you so much. And I, I really appreciate the work that you're doing out in this world and your podcasts are so amazing and how deep you go with them and how deep you go with others. It's truly a gift. 
thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. The body really appreciates that because <laughs> the body and the mind and the heart, they are already there, but the body sometimes complains. So mm-hmm. that's a good encouragement, Isabel. <laughs> Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Um, so uh, Isabel, I-S-A-B-E-L dash Chiara, C-H-I-A-R-A dot com. It's Isabel dash Chiara.com. And everyone can go on my site and download the first chapter of my book just to get a taste of the flavor of the book and see if it resonates with them. It's an excellent book. Yeah. I think everyone will love it. Yeah. And you can order it right from my site also. So it's Isabel, I-S-A-B-E-L dash Chiara, C-H-I-A-R-A.com. And there's also on the site going to be a uh, membership site that's called Healing Activation Process Integrations um, on that site, which is um, I have a bunch of processes that I've written that are really that can that allow you to get deeper into your psyche and look at different events that have happened in your life. And you know, through a lot of these integration processes, um, people you know can shift different ways they're looking at things in their life and ways that they're experiencing past behaviors in their life and can re- kind of transform some, some things for themselves. Um, so they are able to, to do that on their own with these integrations. So I'm, I'm super proud of it. It's about to launch in two weeks. I'll have those links on your podcast profile. As of now, I have just one. Oh, because it's not there. It's not live yet, right, Isabel? So Please send it to me, and I'll have by the time it will be by the time this episode is published, right? To yeah, well, it'll be right on my site. Oh, wonderful! Oh, yeah, that will be there. So I'll have the link on this podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Isabel, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for having me. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Isabel Chiara and her work, please visit eatyourwords.isabel-kiara.com To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.